turn, if you would, this morning to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are thankful for this day. We're thankful, Lord, for your goodness to us. We are thankful for the music that we've enjoyed today and how it reminds us of how our sins are gone, how that old account was settled long ago. And Lord, we're just thankful for all that you do for us. I pray that you'd help me now to say something that would be a help to your people. God, that it would be a a blessing and encouragement, and it would be exactly what is needed for some here today. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, you may remember, we finished our study of the book of Ecclesiastes and the words of Solomon, and so that puts us in a little bit of limbo for the next couple of weeks, and I'm okay with that, but we'll just be bouncing around for the next few weeks, and so as is often the case when we are in a position like this, I love to go to the Psalms because there are so many truths contained in this book that many times don't get the attention they deserve, they get overlooked. Uh, Few preachers want to do a study on the book of Psalms because it would take them a lifetime to go through 150 chapters. And so it's one of those things where I like to just hit it from time to time and, and catch a few truths out of there. And for me, it's helpful, and I hope that for you it is helpful as well. And so this morning I'd like to begin with a thought that I would imagine all of us can identify with by way of firsthand experience. If I am wrong, if you have not experienced this personally yourself, Maybe you have witnessed it enough just by way of observation that you know I'm telling you the truth, okay? Now, if by chance you have no idea what I'm talking about, I would say this. Go out and live a little, all right? Go out and live a little and experience at least once what it is I'm talking about. How many of us this morning have ever been on a roller coaster? Ever been on a roller coaster? Okay, now if you've never been on a roller coaster, I trust that you have at least seen a roller coaster and what a roller coaster is designed to do. If you've ever been on a roller coaster, though, here is what you know, that there are several different stages in that ride. Would you agree? At some point in the roller coaster ride, here is what's going to happen. You are going to have moments, seconds, whatever it may be, where things are moving relatively slowly and and things aren't real exciting, and some might even suggest that that is the boring part of the ride. You're just getting started. You're just about to to experience this, and, and so as it's pulling away from the docking area, the staging area, it's just kind of slow. It's just kind of barely creeping along, and some might say that is a bit boring. However, at some point in the midst of this ride, here's what you know, it's going to speed up. And as it speeds up, here's what a lot of people think. They think that's the fun part. They think that's the thrilling part. They believe that to to be the exhilarating part. When they are spinning and when they are going upside down and doing whatever the roller coaster has been made to do, they think that is just fantastic and they absolutely love it. And yet here's what also many of us know, and that would be this, is a lot of roller coasters tend to beat you up. It's throwing you here, it's tossing you here, you're slamming against the wall here, you're hitting your partner beside you, whoever is riding with you, and it's just beating you up. And I don't know about you, but for me personally, I don't enjoy that part of the roller coaster. 
I don't get off and say, man, I love it whenever I slammed my head against the back of it and whenever I hit my shoulder into the side panel. I don't enjoy that, but, but roller coasters do have a way of beating you up sometimes. Sometimes the roller coasters make people black out and just kind of get dizzy and kind of lose sight of what all is going on during that experience. I've ridden a few roller coasters with Susie over the years, and, and we're getting old enough now. We don't do that near as often as we used to, uh, like ever. But anyways, uh, there have been a few occasions where Susie and I have got on a roller coaster. We've had the fun it was supposed to create for us, and, and we got off, and she said, man, I blacked out when it was doing the, you know, the tight spins or, or, or the loops or whatever it may be, and did you black out? No, I just closed my eyes and hope not to throw up, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, sometimes it messes with you, does it not? And so that is what a roller coaster in general looks like. There are boring parts where it's not real eventful, not real exciting. There are other parts that are thrilling, that are exhilarating, that you do enjoy, but sometimes it beats you up. Sometimes it kind of knocks you senseless and you don't really know what's going on. Now, this is not original with me. I'm sure I've touched on this before. I know that so many others have in the past. But it is a good analogy, is it not, of what life seems to look like sometimes? Sometimes our lives feel like they're on a roller coaster, don't they? Sometimes it feels like we're just barely moving and we're not accomplishing much and it seems like we're just trudging along and, and frankly, life is boring. If, if no other way to describe it, if no other way to explain it, it's really not doing anything for us. It's just happening and we're just existing and we're just going through the motions. But I think all of us would say something like this, that there are times that we actually enjoy life, right? Well, I hope that you enjoy life. I know that there have been many, many days in my life where I say, man, this is great. This is fantastic. This is thrilling. This is exhilarating. I love the life that God has given me. I've stated that on many, many different occasions to Susie and to so many others because there are certainly moments in this life that I enjoy, but we also know this to be true, that sometimes life beats us up. It's like, you know, life just kind of puts us in a hard twist, and all of a sudden, though we weren't really ready for it, we weren't really expecting it, all of a sudden, life just kind of slams our heads, so to speak, or it, or it pushes us against the side panel, or we're into the neighbor, or, or the person that we're riding with. Sometimes, life gets hard, and it beats us up. And there are other times in life where it's almost as though we have no idea what's going on. It's like we've lost touch with reality or we've lost sight of what's really happening and what's really taking place. And, and it's not as though we've really blacked out, but it's almost as though we've lost our bearings in life. Have you ever been there where it felt like you were just kind of pointless and you didn't know exactly what was going on? It seems to be how life works sometimes. Those boring, uneventful days, those days that are thrilling, those days that are exhilarating, but those days that beat you up and those days where you seem to, to lose sight of what's really going on and what really matters, it's almost as though Solomon was right whenever he said, to everything there is a season. Amen. You know, it's almost like life confirms what Solomon declared there in Ecclesiastes, that all of our lives are going to experience different times, different seasons, different moments. Some that are good, some that are enjoyable, and some that are 
not so enjoyable and some that we would rather not have to deal with. But that just seems to be the way that life works for us. And it works that way for everyone. So with that in mind, this morning we're going to be in the 27th Psalm. The 27th Psalm. And here's what you'll notice once you find your place there. If your Bible is like mine, right under the chapter, it says this. A Psalm of David. So the writer of this psalm is identified as David. And here is what we know of David, that his life was certainly like a roller coaster, was it not? He had those days that were uneventful. He had those days that were less than thrilling. But yet he also had some pretty exciting days. He had some pretty memorable days. He had some pretty days that were, that were pretty incredible to be able to experience. And, and no doubt, David had some days that beat him up. And some days that threw him around and some days that, that no doubt caused him to lose his way and to, to get confused and to be somewhat delirious in his thought process. So here is David and, and he experienced everything that you and I have experienced. And so the writer is identified, but I want us to think about this. The season of life in which David writes these words is not identified. So we don't know if on that roller coaster it is during the boring time, the thrilling time, the beat-up time, or, or the somewhat delirious time. But if you read the chapter, it seems as though it would kind of indicate that David was in a good place in life when he wrote these words. And it'll make sense to us to kind of approach it with that mindset as we look at the verse we're going to look at in just a couple of moments but here is David at some point in his life, at some season in his life, feeling impressed to write some words, to express some thoughts on paper. And here is what he says in verse number 1. In verse number 1, he says, The Lord. The Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but so many times I read through the Scripture and I don't think about all the words I'm reading. You ever guilty of that? You're not really thinking about the significance of everything that's being written and everything that's been recorded. So think about those two words for just a moment. David said the Lord. What does it mean whenever David addresses the Lord? Who is the Lord? Well, this word Lord is simply a reference to this, the eternal self-existent God. The eternal self-existent God. Aren't you glad, if you think about this, that God is eternal? Aren't you glad that God is from beginning to end, as I mentioned in Sunday school this morning, that He is the Alpha and Omega? He has always been and will always be. Aren't you glad that God is eternal? Amen. The exact same God that David served is the same God that we serve today. And the God that we serve today is the exact same God that people serve in, in other lands, in other countries, and if the world exists for another hundred years or a thousand years, you know what God they'll be serving? The same one that we're serving today. 
He is an eternal God. Now, now there's some significance to that in just a moment, but think about this as well. He is not just the eternal God. He is the self-existent God. Our God is not dependent upon anything or anyone else for His existence. He existed before us and He will exist after us. He did not need us before. He does not need us now. He chooses to have a relationship with us. But it was not based or determined because of His necessity. It was because of His love and His grace and His mercy that we have a relationship with Him. So he says, the Lord, the eternal self-existent God. Now notice what he said next. He said, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. So what does it mean whenever David speaks of light? Well, the light is a source or is a reference to a source of illumination. A source of illumination. Now think about this, and I know that you know this, but but give consideration to this. Why do people need light? Why do they need illumination? They need it for the purpose of dispelling or ridding the room or the atmosphere of darkness. You understand this, right? Without light, without illumination, there is darkness. And according to the context, here's what we could say, or here's what we could suggest, is that whenever there is no light, whenever there is no illumination, then it is certainly harder to navigate through this life. So here is David, and again, we don't know for sure what season of life he is in, but what he said is this, is the Lord is my light. The eternal self-existent God is the source of my light. He is the source of my illumination. He is the source of dispelling darkness so that I might be able to navigate through life. I don't know if this is going to encourage anyone or thrill anyone this morning, but I want us to think about this, that the same God that was light to David is the same God that can and chooses or desires to be and will be light to you and I if we go to him asking him to be that light. I know the answer to this question. I know what you would say if I asked you this. But have there ever been times in your life where you needed direction? Of course there have been. There have been those times. There have been those seasons. There have been those moments in your life, as is true in my life, where I did not know what to do next. I did not know where to go. I did not know what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And the amazing thing is this is that whenever you and I seek the direction of God in our lives, you know what He is able to do? He is able to always give us the direction that we need. He is our light. He is that illumination. He is the one that gives direction. He is the one that makes navigating through this life so much more easy than it would otherwise be because we live in a complex, confusing world. Do we not? Life can be difficult. Life can be challenging. Life can be so frustrating at times. And yet in the midst of everything that the world presents to us, we can say with David... If we choose, 
we can say with David that the Lord is our light. He'll dispel the darkness. And he'll give us all the light we need to take the steps in this life that we need to take. Does he always give us as much light as we'd like to have? I don't know about you, but for me, the answer would be no. Sometimes I'd like there to be a few more bulbs glowing, you know, and and a little bit more light dispelling the darkness, saying, okay, now, Kyle, here's what's going to happen. And, And sometimes what I'd like for him to do is just light up the whole room so that I didn't have to wonder about anything. But that's not always how God works, right? And so there are times that I say, well, you know, I wish I had a little bit more light, but but really I'm not responsible for the light. I just have to know and I just have to believe and, and I'm able to declare that it's been true that whenever I have needed direction in my life, the eternal self-existent God has been my light. And he has given me the direction that I need in times of darkness. Notice what else he said. In the verse, he said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. What does it mean whenever he speaks of salvation? He means this, deliverance. Or he is my source of deliverance or he is my deliverer. If you're familiar with the story of David, I'd ask you to consider this. Were there ever occasions in David's life where it was clear that it was God who had delivered him and saved him and rescued him from the danger that he was in? Well, of course he did. On many occasions, there were times and there were moments where it was God and God alone who saved David from the situation and the predicament that he was in. It was only God who could have given him the victory against uh, uh, Goliath. It was only God who could have delivered him from the, the evil plans that Saul had toward him. And as you read through the story of David over and over and over again, it is obvious that God, the, self, the self-existent, eternal God, was David's salvation or his source of deliverance. All right? So let me ask you this. Just as God has been our light, has God ever been our salvation past the point of our eternal salvation? The answer would be yes, even if you don't quite understand the question that I'm asking. What I mean by that is this, is can you look back over the course of your life and and say that there are certainly moments and there are certainly stories that you can recall where it is clear that the the only reason that you were not destroyed or hurt or or whatever it may have been is because God spared you and God saved you and delivered you from that situation? You ever been there? I mean, don't overcomplicate this in your mind. Don't, don't overthink this too much. Just ask yourself, have there ever been occasions where if you had followed through with certain things, you would have destroyed your testimony? But by the grace of God and by the power of God, He saved you and He rescued you from that and He delivered you from that? 
Have there ever been moments in your life, if you if you were to look at this now from a from the you know the the part of looking back on it, you would say something like this: You know, if if I had continued to run with this crowd and be with those people, I know where that would have taken me. But God saved me from that, and He delivered me from that, and He rescued me from that. Uh, are there any testimonies like that that could be given in the room today? Well, of course there are. I don't know about you, but. It's kind of scary to think where I would be if I had kept a certain direction in my life. But by the grace of God, God intervened and God saved and God delivered. And God brought me off of that path and He put me on a different path. And if it were not for the Lord who had done that, my life would be in a totally different position than it is today. There have been so many times He has saved me from my own ignorance you can say amen and i won't take it personal okay because here's what i know you've all had your moments of ignorance you've all had your moments where you just kind of jumped first and then thought later where, where you did first and then started thinking, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. We've all been the one who's gone to God and began to cry out for mercy and to begin to, to cry out for forgiveness and say, Lord, if you'll get me out of this jam, I promise I'll never do it again. Listen, we've all been there. And what has God done by His grace and by His mercy? Well, like David, He has saved us. So, you know, I'm there with David and I can say, you know, the eternal self-existent God, boy, He's been my light. Whenever I have sought His direction, whenever I have sought His will, He has given me the insight that I've needed. He has given me the illumination that I've needed. Yep, the Lord is my light and He has been my salvation. He has been my deliverance. He has been my source of rescue on so many occasions. It is a wonderful thing to consider that He is our salvation. But notice what else he said in the last part of the verse. He said, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. What does it mean whenever he speaks of the strength of the Lord? It means this, this place of refuge or this place of protection. This place of refuge or this place of protection. Did David know anything about the strength of the refuge, the protection of the Lord. Of course he did. Over the course of his life, if you read his story, and probably other occasions that did not get recorded on our, recorded on our behalf, no doubt, though, there are many times where you see the Lord simply was that safe place for David and that, safe, or that place of protection on his behalf. I want to ask you something. Have you ever felt as though you were under attack? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, you know, there were just certain people who were against you and who were out to get you? Maybe you've never felt that way, but I know that some in this room have felt that way. Isn't it amazing to think about the number of times in which, though it's completely different, we can identify with the words of David, and we can say this, that when there were certain people who tried to destroy us, when there were certain people who, who were after us, who were taking it upon themselves to destroy us, isn't it amazing the number of times that God was our refuge and that source of protection? 
For whatever reason, this person had a beef with us. For whatever reason, they just didn't like us. They didn't care for us. And so they kind of made it their personal mission to just take us out, so to speak. Isn't it amazing that we can look back over the course of our lives and say this, though not trying to be dramatic, the Lord was my strength. He was my place of refuge. He was that source of protection. And though they sought to destroy me, they were unable to because God was my strength. I'm just telling you, it's a wonderful thing. Have you ever felt as though you were under attack spiritually? You know, it's almost like you could say something like this. I don't know why, but it just seems like Satan or one of his demons is just trying to make life miserable right now for me. I'm not trying to get all weird on us or... Or, or spooky or anything like that. I'm just saying, have you ever felt as though you were spiritually oppressed? It was like for whatever reason, Satan was just going after you and he was trying to get after you emotionally. You ever been there? Come on, somebody nod your head if you've ever been there. Where you just felt like, for whatever reason, emotionally you were unable to just... Get it turned around? Have you ever felt like you were oppressed or under attack mentally? Saying that very close to emotionally? Well, yeah, they would be connected, but, but you know, it's just like you're trying to change your thoughts, you're trying to change your thoughts, and, and you personally cannot do it. And, and yet, isn't it amazing that if we're under attack from the enemy, and it might be emotionally or mentally or spiritually, isn't it amazing the number of times we have gone to the Lord and He has been the source of strength, He has been that source of refuge, that, that place of protection, and though we were under attack, somehow we were shielded by the protecting hand of God. It's a wonderful thing. Because again, many of us, we can look back over the course of our lives and say that is exactly what God has done for me. That is what God has done for us. Though under attack, He has been that source of protection. He has been that place of refuge. It's kind of like David understood. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and they are saved. Listen, David knew what it was like to know the safety and protection of God. And friends, you and I, we know that to be true in our lives as well if we've given any thought to what the Lord has done for us over the years. So here's David, and he makes this statement, The Lord, the eternal, self-existent God, He is my light. He is that source of illumination. He gives me direction. He helps me navigate through life. He is my salvation. He is the one who is delivered. He is the one who is rescued. He is the one who is saved. And He is my strength. He is the one who gives me protection, who gives me a place to run to. And everything that David declares of the Lord, that is what we are able to declare. You get this? That is what we are able to declare because the God that we serve is the same God that David served. Amen. So notice in verse 1 what, all, what he also stated. 
Besides the Lord is my light and my salvation, and the Lord is the strength of my life, he said, Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Think about that. He's my light. He is my salvation. And he is my strength. That being the case, who and what should I fear? What should cause me dread? What should cause me worry? What should cause me alarm? What should rattle me? What should get me all shook up? What should cause me to lose that sense of peace and calm that I have known? Do you understand what David's saying? David's saying, with the Lord as my light and my salvation and my strength, really, what should get me worked up? And you understand, don't you? That's a rhetorical question because the answer is obvious that there is nothing that should have caused David to worry or to fear or to be afraid. Okay, I think we missed that. Because he was his light, because he was his salvation, because he was his strength, David was saying, what do I have to worry about? And the answer is obvious. I've got nothing to worry about. I've got nothing to fear. I've got nothing to get all worked up about. Nothing should rattle me. Nothing should shake me. Nothing should move me from this place of confidence and boldness and security. Nothing should do it. But you know what was true of David? He was a man just like you and I. So here's David, and what's he writing? He's writing, The Lord is my light, my salvation, and the Lord is my strength. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Absolutely no one, absolutely nothing. Nothing should move me, nothing should shake me. Yet what you see over and over in David's life is this. He knew it. But the roller coaster changed a little bit. And you know what he was? He was rattled. He was beat up. He was somewhat delirious. He was somewhat knocked out of it for a little bit. And, and what you see in the life and the testimony of David is this, is even though he knew that the eternal self-existent God was his light, salvation, and strength, there were still those moments in his life, though he knew he should not fear and be afraid, you know what he was? He was fearful and he was afraid. He lost his peace. He lost his calm. He lost the tranquility that he had known. He lost the boldness that he should have remembered. He lost that, that, that confidence that he had enjoyed in times past. He lost it because he had his struggles just like everyone else. This morning, I don't have to ask you whether or not you've ever known the Lord to be the light in your life because I think every one of us would say, he has been the light in my life. I don't have to ask you this morning if the Lord has ever saved you 
because I believe that the Lord has saved you, not just in your eternity, but from your own ignorance sometimes and from my own ignorance sometimes. I believe that to be true of every one of us by way of testimony. And I think every one of us would say, listen, I know what it means to be able to run to the Lord for that strength and that refuge and that place of protection. And I know that every one of us have had those days where we've had the confidence that said, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Right? I'll, I'll, I'll ask that again in, in a little bit different way. Haven't we all in the midst of good times been so sure of what David said in verse number 1? The ride's thrilling. The ride is exhilarating. Life is fantastic. Life is wonderful. What more could I want from life? You bet. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Yeah, it all comes easy. When life is good. But what happens? Life takes a hard left sometimes, doesn't it? And it throws us up against the wall. It goes into a tight spin. And it knocks us senseless sometimes, doesn't it? Have you ever been there? One Sunday, everything was fantastic and everything was wonderful and we're just singing the praises of God and couldn't ask for a better scenario to be present in our life than what was present at that moment. And then all of a sudden, by the time next Sunday rolls around, we know that nothing should rattle us. We know that nothing should get us knocked off of our rock, so to speak, where we're confident and we have peace and we have this assurance that God is everything that the Scripture says He is, something's happened and we know we should be saying that, but we're not. At least not with the boldness and the confidence that we once did. Well, why does that happen? Can I just tell you why it happens? It's very simple, okay? And maybe this will help you a little bit. Maybe it won't, but I hope it does. You know why it happens? It happens because we're people. Sometimes I wish I wasn't, but I am. Sometimes I wish you weren't, but you are. I mean, think about this. We all want to be so spiritual. We all want to be so godly. We all want to be so confident as to who God is. We all want to sing His praises in the way that we should. And yet, when life changes and it beats us up and it throws us for a curve, you know what's revealed so quickly? Man, am I a fallen man. I'm not near as strong as I thought I was. I'm not near as mature as I'd like to believe I am. My humanity reveals just how weak and many times pathetic I really am. Now this morning, I don't want us to leave here thinking, well, good, that means I'm normal, everyone does it, so I don't have to worry about it. 
You're right, everyone does do that, and yes, we are all normal, but just because it's normal and just because everyone does it doesn't mean that it's the right response for us. And we need to be reminded of that. Does this make sense? We need to be reminded that that's not the right response and it's not the appropriate response. Just because everyone else has done it and just because everyone else still struggles with it doesn't give me the green light to just go ahead and respond in despair or frustration or or, or whatever it may be. In those moments, you know what I need to remind myself of? He is still my light. He is still my salvation. And He is still my strength. We may not say it with the same boldness that we did the week before, but it's still true. We may not say it with the same voice of conviction as we did a week before, but friends, it's still true. He is the eternal, self-existent, unchanging God. When life is slow, when life is boring, when life is uneventful, guess what? He's our light, our salvation, and our strength. When life is thrilling, when life is fun, when life is everything we want it to be, He is our light, He is our salvation, and He is our strength. But even when life is beating us up and when life is causing us to doubt and when we're losing sight of what's really important and what really matters and what's going on, even then... He is our light, He is our salvation, and He is our strength. And we've got to remember that. To be honest with you, I don't even like preaching this sermon. You know why? It's easy for me to preach it, but I know it's not easy for me to live it. I can stand up here and I can tell you all this and I can raise my voice and I can get excited about it and I can get passionate about it. But here's what I know. I know that by tomorrow I can be struggling to remember everything I have preached right now. It's true no matter what. What we have to strive to do is say, Lord, remind me that you are who you are at all times, no matter the circumstances of my life. No matter where I'm at on this ride, Lord, remind me that you are everything you say you are, and please help it to to be real in my life like I need it to be right now. Now, I know there are some this morning, you might be in that good spot, and you might say, that's right. Amen. Well, that was good. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. And, and I'm happy for you, and I mean that. But there could be some in here this morning that if you were just honest, if you were just open and transparent, you'd say something like this. I know it, but I've had a hard time believing it, or I know it, but I've had a hard time acting like I know it to be so. I'm not mad at you. I'm not preaching at you. I'm not telling you you're terrible. I'm saying you're normal. But normal's not always the right way to go. And so it may be that you need to just this morning say, Lord, I need you to help me to be mindful that you are what your word says you are. 
so that I can live in the way that I ought to live because really there is nothing that I should fear. There is nothing that I should be afraid of. I should know that you are God no matter what and be at peace with that. So if you need it today, I would encourage you to spend some time with the Lord. If you don't need it today, whenever life changes, whenever life shifts on you pretty hard and pretty quick, I would encourage you to say, Lord, help me to remember that you are who you say you are. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be reminded of who you are. You are our light. You have been. You are today, and you will continue to be. You are, have been, and will be our salvation and our strength. And, Lord, there may be some in here today. They're enjoying life, and this is really just an unneeded sermon in their life as, as they see it right now. But, Lord, there's probably someone in here this morning who they feel like life has beat them up. Maybe they're even questioning who you are or where you're at or what's going on. And, Lord, I pray that you'd help them to remember that you are everything that the Word says you are. I pray that you'd help those who are hurting and struggling right now. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.